Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, 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 very well. It is just a few hours ahead of the match between Roma and Juve in the Coppa Italia. So Andy and I will certainly be discussing that uh, later in the week. First, let me apologize if I sound a bit different than usual. Uh, I had my tonsils removed yesterday, so... A little over 24 hours removed from that, I am uh, slowly but steadily starting to regain my voice, so I apologize if I sound a bit different than usual. I will try to edit this to the best of my abilities to make myself sound semi-normal, but um, if I sound different, now you know why. Um, real quick before I bring Andy on, just because it's obviously pretty difficult for me to talk at length right now, um, Andy did. Uh, he sent me a sort of rant update that he did um i didn't really edit it so uh hopefully he didn't uh, release too many expletives in in his little update but um it'll mostly be him on this podcast but i first want to give a mention to our latest patron over at patreon simon who you can find on twitter at spqr simon that's at sp Q-R-S-I-M-O-N. You can find Simon at that on Twitter and Instagram. Simon, thank you so, so much for your support. It is greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. If you would like to join Simon and become a supporter of the podcast, of the website, you can go to patreon.com slash Roma Press, or you can go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. Before I bring Andy on and let him take over the remainder of the podcast, I wanted to just give a couple of updates. Obviously, we haven't released an episode since the, since the entire Spinazzola-Politano fiasco. And when Andy and I get back together, certainly we will discuss that a little more. Uh, Napoli, it looks like, are pressing very hard for Politano. And who knows what happens by the time that's, this gets released uh, his agent will be meeting with Napoli in Milano. So who knows what will happen from that. Um, Ibanez, the defender of Atalanta, I've been in contact with his entourage and his agent for the better part of 10 days now. He's going to come. By the time you're listening to this, he might already have arrived in the capital. But he will be the first January acquisition of Roma. They agreed to a 10 million euros deal. He's going to arrive on a free loan for 18 months with an obligation to buy. He will sign a four and a half years contract with the Gialarossi. And it is very likely that Juan Jesus is the one he replaces because he is being heavily pursued uh, by Fiorentina. And then the probably the biggest update that I can give is in regards to Friedkin, the soon-to-be new ownership group at the Jello Dalsi. I have been in touch with somebody from their legal team for quite a while now, and I reported yesterday that Dan Friedkin and his son Ryan have arrived in Europe, and yesterday they were both present in Milano. Now, why is that important? That is important because there is a law firm in Milano who is handling and will handle a bulk of this handing over of the club from Palotta to Friedkin. So his presence in Milano is a pretty strong signal, not pretty strong, extremely strong signal, that the operation is very 
close to being done. Now, I don't expect it to change hands until the first or second week of February. Initially, we thought by the derby against Lazio that the deal would close, but it's going to be a little, uh, some time, another week or two longer than that. Um, they are finalizing the last bits of due diligence. If if you want to read the full article, romapress.net, you'll see it. The, the title is Dan Freakin Arrives in Milano. Um, that has the full details, but just a brief summary. He arrived in Milano. Um, his legal team, they're American-based. They're finalized. They requested some items from Roma's end. So Roma's law firm, which is based in in uh, in Rome, obviously Studio Tonucci, um, they are wa- They are going to get those back to Friedkin's legal team, and then once they get that back to Friedkin's legal team we will start entering the closing phase of the operation. So I would anticipate two to three weeks, you'll see everything change hands, and we will uh, we will see Palalta exit stage left permanently from Roma. So um, those are the updates I have. Again, I apologize if I sound very odd. I will try my very best to edit this to the point where I sound semi-normal. So let me bring Andy on now. He also discusses probably a couple of the items that – um, I just discussed here. He expands upon them a little bit. But, yeah, very busy right now. Hopefully Roma get the victory against Juve in the Coppa Italia. So uh, we will be back after that match. But until then, let me bring Andy on right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Roma Press podcast. Um, this is Andy. Uh, I am here on my own as John is unfortunately uh, not feeling too well. So he asked me to take over for this episode. Um, we we agreed on some some topics um, that I will talk about in this episode. Um, first of all, I, I think uh, the most important matter at hand for all the fans that are listening to this is uh, is what's going on with uh dan friedkin and his intention to uh to to take over roma from pallotta uh well john gave us the facts um as always uh john has been uh, uh giving some some tremendous insight into uh something that we all wish to know more about and um today he came up with uh with with some interesting uh news um followed by filippo biafora um who also uh gave us an interesting insight into the the sort of development of the situation and uh, the development of the situation is just good news and it's all going um John said that uh, both Dan and Ryan Friedkin have been in Europe for the past week, according to uh, some sources uh, close to Friedkin. Um, they, uh, they, they, are, uh, they are in Milan, uh, and the reason for Milan and not Roma is because that is where um, the so-called Studio Legale Chiomenti is. That's that's where it all comes down to. Um, that's where the the final stages of of the due diligence uh, take place. Uh, we are uh, we are entering the, the the final phase of this of this deal. Um, and uh, what else? I'm reading here what John gave me. Um, 
yeah so there you have it uh john solano uh ladies and gentlemen tells me that um the deal will probably close in the first uh to second week of february and uh that's about it. That's that's also what Filippo Biafra has uh, has written uh, for Il Tempo, and if if those two have have that information, then you can bet your ass that that is 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 likely to be accurate. Um, obviously, as Filippo Biafra also has stated multiple multiple times god bless him on his twitter feed um with all the people tweeting tweeting at him and rightly so because he's just so incredibly reliable nothing is done until the signatures are all there until every single last piece of paper is signed there is no reason to get ecstatic get emotional whatever um you you only celebrate when the when the deal is closed when when the deal is officially closed and palota walks up to you and says dan friedkin and the friedkin group have taken over roma boom that's when you get to celebrate so obviously we'll stay put we'll see how this situation develops everything is going according to plan um it, it it seems like everything is rolling just fine. Uh, these are the final stages. Um, you know, this is where the the the, the final play uh, of the fourth quarter is at. Um, and I think we we should all be uh, proud as Roma fans of where this club has come to. You know, um, we've taken major major step in that aspect of uh, uh, of a club. On an international scale, we we are we are recognized, and you know that's that's any one of us could 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 wish uh, for. Um, that 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 is the truly good news. And talking about signatures and and deals, um, Politano. Now there's a story for you. Politano and Spinazzola, the swap that was supposed to take place a few days ago. And nothing came of it. And it seemed like it was there. Um, Politano had his pictures taken in a Roma shirt and, and um, with, with the scarf. Uh, the, the, the swap deal was agreed to. Um, Politano performed the medicals, passed them. Spinazzola went the other way to Milan, um, took medicals, passed them. Uh, and then... And then the unexpected took place, and you know that's that. It's a lesson learned, you know. Um, and if if the Malcolm chapter was you know was big big news, then this deserves a whole documentary about it, you know, a Netflix documentary with Richard Attenborough uh, uh, narrating it, um, because this <laughs> this was really something truly bizarre. I I. I I don't think anybody was saw it coming, um, could possibly see it coming, but um, it happened. Uh, so the story goes that, uh, well, Di Marzio first reported, uh, along with other journalists, that um, that Spinazzola uh, had run some medical tests, but they wanted to perform more tests with him, more additional uh, tests than following day. 
and obviously the excuse was because this is a new method by Conte that he wants to make sure that all the signings in January are fit which obviously turned out to be bullshit but some people still want to stick to that story that Spinazzola was fragile Spinazzola did not pass his medicals yet it was stated in multiple articles from multiple sources and newspapers talk about Il Tempo talk about Gianluca Di Marzio's website uh, La Stampa everyone uh, agreed to the fact that Spinazzola did indeed pass the tests the first time around so then the following day uh, Roma said you know what you're you're not having one of our players because Spinazzola without the signature was still a Roma player you're not having him perform some uh, bizarre unexpected tests uh, on your training ground because then you know he might get hurt and that's on us so we're not letting him do that and obviously you know both players stayed put um Politano was in Rome Spinazzola was in Milan <laughs> according to Spinazzola he was sitting in a gym um and you know at the end of the day this deal not going through and uh, Petraki uh, sort of following up the situation with some really really uh, hard but but I think well 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 put words um in you know uh towards Marotta and Ausilio the the two directors at Inter who um according to him Ausilio was the one who agreed to the deal and then Marotta uh disagreed in the very last minute and he wanted to uh to to um to change the deal from being just a swap deal to uh a, a deal with an obligation to buy at a certain um, uh, number of um, of appearances and that is bullshit and to me if that had g- gone through um, that would have been a, a terrible deal uh, because we would have probably uh, we would probably found ourselves in a position where you know Politano with the situation of our wingers he'd get plenty of, of playing time no question about it but Spinazzola on the other hand with Conte that's a whole other story I don't even think that was a player that they needed um, according to Petraki that Inter were the ones who reached out uh, about Spinazzola so they were interested it, it, you know it's just that some some miscommunication as, as Petraki uh, said it and I think that was that was pretty accurate that situation was a whole bunch of miscommunication accor- across all all parties involved and the the bad end of the deal um, you know it came down to the two players I feel horrible for both of them for different reasons Politano because he was finally getting a chance to play this season Um, Conte hasn't made it a secret that he doesn't rate Politano Um, he's not a winger who who offers uh, who has the attributes that Conte wants from you in that particular position um, and Spinazzola on the other hand you know was was a player who came here uh, six months ago uh, hoping to to be able to um, impose himself to to play a major part in a, in a rather big team you know after uh, failing at at Juve um, which I think undeservedly so but still 
he came here with the hopes of of you know playing a major role, uh, and that did not happen. Um, well, it, it it's not that it didn't happen, but he found himself in the middle of a deal, and you know that's uh, that must be a hard hard situation. Obviously, he'd be going to a scudetto contender rather than a a, a contender for fourth place. But still, that's that must hurt. Um, and I, I really don't see, I pointed this out, uh, I tweeted this out and as so many people, I, I found so many people in my mentions just going at me, uh, saying, you know, these are millionaires. There are people who are really struggling. Like, I don't know that. Um, the thing is that, and I think some of you agreed with me on that. Um, I know John did is that these players are still people. And uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to them wanting to do what they love to do, which is play, which is um, play in a team and, and, and be important for that team, contribute. And both of them uh, were set on doing that, and instead everything sort of went to shit. Politano didn't make his dreams come true um, by signing with his boyhood club. He was sent back to Milan, where he'll probably just hang around the training ground, and that's about it, I think. I mean, I, I don't see him being reintegrated into that team. Um, obviously, he's still being looked at, and Petraki has said that uh, if Inter are, are, are set on letting him go on... Uh, you know, under appropriate circumstances, then sure, Roma will will take a look at him. We'll we'll see if they can make an offer. Um, right now, that's not the case. Other players are being taken into consideration. Shakiri, Yanuzai, both names don't really excite me. Um, Bernardeschi, uh, that's quite fishy. I don't even think that that is the player that is needed at the moment. But you know, I think that with Fonseca. Um, any sort of fan judgment is unnecessary because uh, we've had so many instances where we were proven wrong. And, um, and there you go. I mean, one of the latest examples was Spinazzola uh, played as a starter in a, in a really crucial game, an away game, a tough away game at the Marassi, which is one of the worst stadiums you can possibly play at. And, and it's it, it just, it's, oh, it's such a... It's a stadium where every time you go, it, there is always an issue. And um, it's either getting beaten unexpectedly or, you know, getting uh, a draw at the very last second. Um, and and instead, you know, Fonseca decides to reintegrate him into the team, says in the press conference he's going to play, and he plays. And he plays easily his best game in a Roma shirt. Now, talk about a turnaround. Um, obviously, we'll see how he does in the next few days, um, especially since color of you know that's that's his place, and I don't I don't think anyone is gonna take take that away from him as long as he, this year keeps on going. Um, he'd really have to make a series of terrible mistakes, although I already think he did, but. Nonetheless, that was that was a really great game by Spinazzola, um, and even better were the words he said um, after the game, where he said, "You know, we we, what more do we can we ask for? Um, that's all we need is to play the game, 
you know doesn't matter if it's here or anywhere else right now i'm here and i'm happy that i get to play football for this club that's what matters that's important and that's why i also think that you know finding a solution for politano would be ideal um for inter and for most importantly for the player um but that's that's none of our business right now because as Fonseca said it he's a player I like but he's not a Roma player so I can't talk about him um so then that brings us to to uh uh Genoa Roma a game of two halves um <laughs> which as always it seems like that's that's the, that's the perfect description for a ga- Roma game, a game of two halves. Um, because talk about a perfect first half, a nearly perfect first half, where we really, we, I mean, you know, especially away, you were you were setting the tempo. Doesn't matter who the um, who the opponent is. Uh, Genoa have been shit this year. They've had three coaches. They've had. Tiago Mota come and go. Um, now they had, have Nicola, uh, and they're just looking to avoid relegation. But the, usually those are the nastiest teams to play um, away uh, because they get the best fan support usually, and it's always it's it's just it's it's so difficult, man. And it's so unpleasant. Usually to watch those games, it's an atrocity. I mean, the the last one that comes to mind was the Sampdoria game against Ranieri Sampdoria earlier this year. You, probably one of the ugliest games you will get to see of these last few years. Um, uh, that's Now, Roma Genoa, we started off well. We are setting the tempo. Um, we really we, we looked after the ball. There was movement which was good because this team has lacked movement in recent weeks. Um, Spinazzola was, was was delivering crosses, accurate crosses, which is another sight we, we haven't seen in a long time from one of our fullbacks. That was good news. Um, Diawara, as always, in these last two months, talk about, talk about a player. Um, I mean, against all odds, from a bench player, uh, we I mean, we had John here, I remember, it was earlier in October, something like that, where John spoke to somebody from the Awara's entourage, and, and they were worried that, you know, the player was worried that he'd been promised more playing time, and he wasn't getting, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting his chance, and then that injury against Cagliari, which kept him out for a month, and it seemed like, we're back to the drawing board and instead he's played every game I think since then and he's been absolutely monumental to this team um I hope he continues to perform as well as he's doing right now because he's easily one of the best midfielders in in Serie A this season um so far easily uh, no question about it. The way he have, when when he plays that way, and the whole team just uh, plays differently. Um, even in 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 Roma's recent losses, he was the man of the match easily. Um, so there you have it. I mean, that was the first half. It was it was an unexpected goal from Cengiz Under, um, who was looking to cross the ball, and then it just 
it was it was a bit of both, a bit of you know luck and Perin getting uh, I don't know shit faced the night before. Um, but that was it. That we were we were going great, and then we ca- capitalized on a second occasion. Um, and then, <laughs> and then in the most Roma fashion uh, way possible, we conceded. Uh, a goal right before uh, halftime that was and <laughs> right before the referee blew his whistle um, after that Spinazzola well it was it was it was a non-goal but that was Spinazzola you know um, running the show um, getting that own goal in our favor Um I mean that Goran Pandev goal was probably one of the the most Roma like goals you could concede in, in recent memory. Um, it was just a terrible blunder and it was the worst way you could enter the second half. And obviously, I was I was thinking, man, Fonseca, knowing Fonseca, the 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 halftime pep talk is going to be hell, and rightly so. And it it probably probably was, but Genoa came out swinging, and they 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 felt they were in it, and it was a different game. And in the second half, the man of the match was Paul Lopez. And I'll remind everybody, we spent a hell of a lot of money for him, and I remember a lot of people asking questions, which I understand. But criticisms are, are something that I do not understand, and. Um, there are there is some there are some things he can improve on and he there is there is some fault to to you know on his part to the to that Genoa goal. Um I think his movement was way off. Um could have been much better. And I think he still needs to work on the penalties. But so far so good for for our goalkeeper. Um he's he's proven to be a reliable uh, um, goalkeeper when it comes to playing with his feet obviously not, <laughs> let's you know not 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 the, those the, not those recent two losses um where he made that mistake passing it to to Vertu but uh, in this game we were in it because of him in that second half um, there's been multiple high, highlight reels going around Twitter you can find it on my profile if if the Twitter minions haven't taken it down yet. Um, with Paul Lopez making crucial saves, um, one which was particularly crazy, a header that was going just under the crossbar, and it was just dipping the way you would expect a, a, a goal. Um, and it, it, it was a goal. It, I mean, it was it, it was basically that was that was it. That was supposed to be it, and. Somehow, some way, he he managed to get his his hand on it, and it, it it reminded me so much of Allison's brilliance that I had to go and see again all the best saves of Allison in that in that second um, in that second year at Roma. Um, it just was a, a tremendous save by Paul. And I, what I love the most is that he connects with the players. Um, one of the biggest issues with Robin Olsen last year was that we've talked about this. He just did not look like he 
like he was part of the team and i think that was a major problem it, it, you know that that affected other players as well um other signings other new signings um and it just it wasn't good environment to be in but Olsen just didn't have that chemistry. You could see it. Um, defenders basically ignoring him even after some really good saves. With Pau, it's different. He, I mean, Jeko spoke of him. He said that Pau, for the first time in a while, he was really pissed. Nobody had seen Pau so pissed in a long time. And that's great, you know, that they listen up, that they notice that, you know, the goalkeeper, the goalie, the number one is... is well, not number one, but still, the guy is 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 freaking out. He's pissed. We need to do better. We need to rally around him, and that's what they did in that second half. When he made one of those saves, you can see players just running up to him uh, after the game. Players hugging him. That's 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 great to see. You know, especially following last year, that again we have. Somebody back there who coordinates, who orchestrates, who takes on responsibility, who doesn't give you shit uh, if if you're in a position where you just didn't, you know, it wasn't your fault. He's going to give you shit if you fuck up the way Smalling and Mancini and Santon fucked up in that uh, Goran Pandev goal situation. Aside from that... it's it's been a great sight to see that um, some of the pieces to this team you you can tell they are really uh, they're really bonding they 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 they're in the zone. Um, another example of it I noticed is Vertu and Diawara. They've been they've been out there on the by themselves without really any replacements so far. I mean, Cristante is coming back, but he's still not. I don't think he's still up to it to. To playing consistent minutes uh, game in game out so they've been holding the fort and uh, it, it's been a real pleasure to watch that duo uh, you know uh, orchestrate the midfield um, Diawara falling back Vertu taking some liberty to move forward to help out uh, Pellegrini um, just, just a pleasure to watch and if 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 you know, if you know that's I I can see a midfield of those two playing here for for many years. I hope that that comes true, and um, I hope they keep playing like this for the rest of the season or even better. Um, now onwards to uh, the the Coppa Italia game following, and then the the much awaited derby. Um, you're going to be missing Jeko. Uh, you're going to be missing uh, a few important pieces that are still out. Perotti out again for uh, God knows how long. Uh, Mikitarian still out. So you're out there. Um, you're Fonseca and <laughs> you're playing a vital Coppa game against Juve with Kalinic as a starter. Um, you have the situation with Spinazzola, which is a delicate one because as great as uh, the player's intentions have been since he he got back from Milan, um, there is no escaping that that you know that obviously causes some m- might cause some friction. 
but this Roma team has is has something to say you know they've despite everything all the injuries um some negative results some underwhelming performances um as i've said earlier this this roma team has a lot to prove and they can they can play they can play you can tell that fonseca is doing his job and he's doing it really really well so far with what he has um luckily spal beat atalanta which was a perfect result for Roma. Now it comes down to Coppa Italia. I want to see a team that is playing like they mean what they say. And what they say is that we count on contending for the Coppa Italia. Now prove it. I don't expect a positive result because this is Juven, it's the stadium, it's away, and we have a history of terrible results there. But... Go out there and prove it. Play like you like you give a shit. Play like you like this is this is the trophy that you've been waiting for all these years. I want to see a performance where players play their hearts out for a competition that they might, you know, they might lose tomorrow. And they might they might get out of this competition for good. Um and you know that wouldn't be a surprise considering considering the circumstances they that they find themselves in. But that's that's the story, um, and I want I want that to carry on to the derby, both crucial games, both in the in, in the Coppa Italia and in Serie A, where you just need to move forward. You cannot expect many more miracles like the one that we witnessed with Spal uh, against Atlanta. So there you have it. Um, Thank you all for, for listening to this. Um, I hope to have John back for the next episode. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Keep liking, subscribing, retweeting, um, and listening to us. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate everything that you, you guys do for us, and um, this wouldn't be possible without you. Um, so until next time, and uh, Forza Roma. Ciao.